And the fact that we were two made them say, okay, the, the two of them are going together. That's, uh, <laughs> they, they will help each other. And then, and then that, that made, made them accept things much faster. Immigrating to study in the U.S. can be an overwhelming experience. Between cultural challenges and surprising opportunities, the possibilities are just unlimited. This is Unlimited by the MIT Arab Alumni Association, the show where we interview MIT alumni to explore their motivations, culture shocks, best moments, and reflections on their journeys. And I'm Omar Obaya, MIT Class 2018, hosting this season. Our guest today did his Bachelor's of Engineering in Algeria. Then he went to the Sorbonne University in Paris to pursue his Master's and PhD. He then joined MIT as a postdoc in computer science, and now he serves as an assistant professor in New York University in Abu Dhabi. This means he lived in four countries on four continents, making him a modern Ibn Battuta. He is enthusiastic about giving back to the Algerian community by sharing his experience of studying abroad. During his time at MIT, he worked in the MIT Computer Science and Artificial Intelligence Lab. He studied compilers for high-performance computing. As a fun fact, for two years, we worked in adjacent labs, and he gave me a lot of career advice and wisdom. Today, he will share some of this wisdom in addition to some travel adventures. Let me welcome Dr. Riyad Baghdadi to the show. Riyad, ahlan bik. Ahlan, Omar, I'm really very happy to be with you today. Uh, and uh, welcome to all those who are listening to us. <laughs> the honor is ours. <laughs> so, um, Riyad... To start with, let us go back in time when you were living in Algeria. You were born and raised in Algeria. Have you always dreamt of going to study abroad or was it more spontaneous? I think, I think in my case, it was, uh, I got, when I was in my second year uh, as bachelor student, I got this idea of going uh, abroad. I was just looking at uh, the websites of researchers, engineers uh, working abroad. And then I said, uh, why not me? I can, I can, I can go uh, and work with these people, work on interesting projects. Uh, so I got the, the idea from that time. And uh, I just started working uh, on, like, on that goal uh, since, since that time. Interesting. And beyond academics, did you have any other motivations to study abroad? Yeah, at, 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 at some point also, uh, if you are studying in Algeria, in my school, uh, studying abroad was like the the next natural step. <laughs> so it's like everyone when 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 they finish when they finish uh, when they get their bachelor. Actually, in Algeria we have five years uh, program. It's called engineering mm -hmm. engineering school uh, in computer science. Uh, almost everyone when they finish uh, in that school they just go uh, abroad. So it's kind of also uh, a natural a natural step. In my case, I kind of started uh, preparing to this like very early uh, when I was still a student by doing some research papers, by doing a lot of side projects that, that helped me a lot in, in, in my CV. And uh, do most people go to Europe or um, the US or are people indifferent about this preference? Yes, uh, they, given that uh, we study in, in French, uh, we use the French language to study in university, uh, most people go to France. Uh, first of all, because studying in France is free. So you get free education in the university. 
and then and then uh, it's it's very close. There are a lot of Algerians there, so it's kind of uh, <laughs> it's kind of very natural to study to study there. Great. So these were your motivations, and you did it. In 2010, you received an offer from a prestigious university in France. How did your family receive this news, knowing that you're gonna be away soon? Yes, in the beginning it was a little bit hard for them, but then after some time they kind of uh, accepted and they were happy about it. I, actually, I left with my brother, uh, so the two of us uh, went to to France. He's one year older than me, and the fact that we were two made them say, "Okay, the, the two of them are going together. That's uh, <laughs> they, they will help each other." And then, then, and then that that made made them accept things much faster. And how many siblings do you have? Two. So I'm I'm the third one. Uh, we are we are three. So that that's kind of two thirds of the family living. <laughs> Did you live close by? Yes. Yeah. We lived together for two years. Uh, we were even working together in the same lab in the same office uh, for one year, and then uh, we studied. We did two masters in in like in two different universities. Uh, so we we lived for some time, some time together, and then I came to the U.S. And then my brother is still in France. Well, that works perfectly. So you went with your brother to Paris and stayed there for five years till 2015. In fall 2015, you started as a postdoc at MIT. So in your first semester on campus, what's one thing that you got surprised by or didn't expect to see on campus? Yeah, uh, so my, my first visit was to do an interview, if, even before coming to uh, like to start working. Uh, so I came uh, like a couple months before that to do an interview. And what I liked the most, I guess, I liked the campus. It's very nice campus. Uh, and I think what surprised me the most is uh, the, the quality of projects that they work on. Uh, so during my visit, I talked to students. Uh, and I really was really, really uh, like thrilled by the quality of projects. They are kind of very ambitious projects that students work on. Uh, things that I would have never thought about uh, before joining MIT. Uh, and I met, I met, I think, with six students. Each time I meet with a student, I just see them talking about something really, really very interesting and very... Uh, very ambitious, yeah. and I, I liked that a lot. Uh, that that made me really decide to uh, to come to MIT. So you were, you were meeting with uh, PhD students, and that was outside the interview, I would guess. Yes, that that that's part of the interview. Uh, so the the, the interview uh, you have to give talk, and then you have to meet with uh, with uh, as postdoc you have to meet with the professor who is who is receiving you. And then uh, you have to meet with the student, and then it's good for you to kind of get to know the team, the research team, but it's also good for them to kind of have feeling about you and uh, figure out whether you are a good match or not. Uh, yeah, so I think I met with six or seven, with almost all of them during the, the visit. And did, did you experience any kind of culture shock at all, or did you receive all the culture shock uh, in Paris already, or <laughs> how did it go for you? Yeah, that, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I received most of that in France. Uh, in, in France, even, even, even that 
uh, even though we, we studied in French in the university. But when you move to a new country, you have to use the, the language like all the time and they have different accents. And so we, we got some trouble for one month or two months. And I had very similar trouble when I came to the US. <laughs> but then I think then very quickly things, yeah, things became better. Now that we talked about the transition to campus, it's time for our rapid fire questions round regarding life at MIT. During your time at MIT, where did you live? Uh, so in the first couple of months, I lived on campus. Uh, it was great. Yeah. Uh, and then I lived to, um, I left uh, the on-campus housing to go to Alston, uh, which is kind of close to Boston University, uh, to live with other friends there. Uh, we got an apartment and we split. The best place to eat near campus? That's a difficult question <laughs> for, for two reasons. Uh, we don't have a lot of restaurants around, <laughs> uh, but the, the, best, the, best, the best place probably is, uh, for me, was the Moroccan, how, how it's called, Shawarma Sheikh, or I forgot its name, but it's the Moroccan place in the student center. Favorite activity outside academics? Uh, we used to play soccer uh, every week uh, at, on, on Thursday at 4 p.m. with friends, like either from, from the CCA. I never got or... invited. <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't know you play soccer. <laughs> okay, next time, next time, inshallah. And then, and then also, uh, I, I like a lot walking around the city. Uh, I like a lot. I like a lot traveling. So these are my three favorite things. Favorite place on or near campus? Uh, Harvard Square. I used to go a lot uh, with friends uh, to coffee shops uh, around Harvard Square. Uh, I don't know, but I like that place. I, I don't know why. <laughs> I think it's a, the most lively place in Cambridge. Probably yes. Yeah. Favorite time of the year in MIT? I know the bad time. It's not bad time, but it's boring time. During summer, almost no one is, is at MIT, so it's a little bit boring. Uh, but any time other than summer is good. Uh, favorite non-residential building at MIT? Favorite non-residential building? Uh, I... Uh, I like the Brain and Cognitive Sciences building. Uh, it's a new building. I like the Stata Center. I work there. Yeah, the Stata Center, they say it looks like drunk robots. So I think they're very cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> favorite place to work outside lab? Favorite place to work outside lab? Uh, I, w I used to work in the library from time to time. Uh, from time, I also used to work, uh, uh, which one, the, I, I think it's called Haydn Library. The one by the Chorlis. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and then also the working, uh, you see the green uh, space between Stata Center and the, the, the Cancer uh, Center. There's like green space with some tables. I, I used to work there from time to time. When the weather is, is okay. Yeah, which is like two months in the year. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, yeah. Okay, we're now done with the rapid fire questions. 
Uh, I just have uh, one follow-up question for you. So do you advise people to live on campus or off campus since you tried both? I think both, I think both have kind of uh, uh, advantages and disadvantages. Uh, if you want to be close to students, uh, I think it's better to stay on campus. Uh, but also, I feel that if you live outside, you have more freedom. Uh, you can choose. You have more choices. Uh, you can live with uh, with other friends that maybe cannot live on campus. So it's uh, if if you live for four years, you can try both. If if you are an undergraduate student, maybe it makes sense to live on campus because that's just easier. If you are a graduate student, maybe off campus might be choice good choice. That makes sense. So now let's move on to some reflections on your journey. Riyad, you gave me a lot of career advice before. What's one piece of advice you would give a current student at MIT, grad or undergrad, that would make them a little more future-looking? Yeah, I, I think one of the things to keep in mind is that uh, college is one of the, like those years of college are uh, among the best in your life. <laughs> simply simply because you meet you meet you meet with uh, really good people like-minded people there are so many students so you can pick uh, students that that are close to you uh, and those friends so you make very good friends and those friends just stay with you for a very long time uh, so that's that's something to keep in mind on the side uh, and then so take take advantage of that <laughs> That's the that's that's the point, and then the second uh, the second is uh, probably uh, I think uh, MIT is very good school. You have you have very good uh, uh, energy. A uh, lot of students working hard. A lot of students trying to do really very ambitious things. Uh, build startups. Uh, work in very good places. Uh, do very good uh, research projects or other types of projects. Uh, uh, so I think. Uh, Trying to be part of that experience, so don't just go to study your courses and then don't don't you don't participate in anything else. I think uh, a big big part of the place is the experience that that you get uh, and and connecting with people. Also, uh, I think that's that's very good. Uh, that's a very good thing. This is more than one piece. Yeah, the more the more the merrier. Um. Yeah, I think it's very easy to get lost in, in this academic space. Just, you, you're, you said that the best uh, years of your life are your college years. And you did undergrad, master's, PhD, postdoc, and now you're a professor. So which, which years in college are you referring to? <laughs> the undergrad? <laughs> no, they, they are all good. They are all good. I think they are all good, uh, but as as an undergraduate, you get a lot of friends. That totally makes sense. Now let's switch to another topic. In this season, I like to ask our guests about where they lived and whether they liked it. As we said, you lived in four countries located in four different continents, Algeria, France, the US, and the United Arab Emirates. Where are you planning to settle eventually? Yeah, that, that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, not, to, to be honest, not clear. Uh, um, I like the, the four places, uh, so I'm I'm just leaving this to the to whatever comes. Uh, uh, but the, the stay living in the US is a very good option. 
living in the United Arab Emirates. I think these are my two top options. France, not that much. Algeria is definitely, definitely, definitely my home country. Uh, so that, that's that's also an option. Uh, you just made it harder for me. <laughs> uh, okay, okay. Um, so many immigrants are hearing us today, and they could be wondering which of these four places is suitable for them. What personality test do you have for them to decide what's the best location to live or settle eventually? Yeah, I, I think uh, to answer this question, uh, I needed to answer this question two years ago, or I think one year, one year and a half ago. Uh, anyway, when at the time when I uh, needed to decide whether I should stay in the U.S. or go to the UAE or to Algeria. Uh, so I got offers in the U.S. I got uh, in a couple of places in the U.S. I got uh, in the UAE. Uh, and, and I think the key to answer this question is, first, you need to understand yourself. Uh, what do you want in life? You really understand yourself, like, what do you like? Uh, what do you want in life? What's your goal in life? And then figure out what's the place that matches yourself, matches uh, your goal, matches what do you want to do, matches your lifestyle. Uh, so I think it's very... It, 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 you need to do some work to understand yourself, and that I think that's uh, that's kind of uh, the key. Uh, and then, and then, probably to put it in the other, uh, in in other words, uh, maybe figure out also what's your goal, uh, and which place matches your goal uh, the most. And when I say the term goal, it doesn't mean just professional goal. Uh, this means also lifestyle. Uh, uh, your family goal, do you want to live close to your family? Uh, in my case, uh, I, wa I wanted to do, uh, I wanted to do, to be close to my family. Uh, uh, I want them to be able to visit me frequently. I wanted to be able to visit them frequently. Uh, and I was, I wanted also more relaxed, little bit relaxed lifestyle. In the US, it's a little bit hectic. You need to work a lot. <laughs> Everyone knows that. Uh, yeah. So, so that that kind of guided my choice uh, towards uh, staying in Arab country. And also, maybe the other thing is, uh, I asked myself, what do I want to do in, in life? And one of my goals is to being an Arab citizen. Uh, I would love to help Arab countries. So, working in an Arab country would 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 help in that case. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I also like the way you put it. The hard part is not to know the differences between those countries, uh, but the hard part is actually introspection, trying to know who you are and what you actually value. Did I get it right? Yes, and also yeah. uh, there is no one answer to that question. Uh, so you, you'll keep discovering yourself also. Uh, like when you, uh, it, it's more of a process, something that you would do over a couple of years rather than something that you do in 10 minutes or 15 minutes. Uh, so prob so even if you take, you say, I think I'm, I, I like this and I want to do this, at some point in your life, you might think that way. But maybe after one year, you may say, oh, no, actually, I, yeah, this is not what matches uh, what I want. Yeah. Now um, let's switch gears to some questions about your field. So as a computer scientist in a hot field like high-performance computing, you had a lot of options. You had the option of working in a large job market. You had the option of going to academia and maybe starting your own startup. 
as much as options are good, sometimes they make our decisions much harder. How did you come up with a decision? Yeah, uh, I want to emphasize the, the fact that the more options you have, the harder it is. <laughs> uh, I, I think the answer to this question boils down again to what's your goal in life. Uh, it's kind of, to some extent, it's similar to the previous one. Uh, in, in this case, the choice is, do I want to do academia? Do I want to do work in industry? Or do I want to start a startup? Uh, so I, I was really undecided about both because I like both. Uh, my, my research is very industrial. It's something that, uh, it's, it's, it's not theoretical. It's, not, uh, it's very practical and very industrial. So it's something that a lot of uh, teams in companies uh, work on. And during my postdoc, I was collaborating a lot with uh, with a uh, lot of engineering teams, not even research teams, in a couple companies. Um, and also, I got offers from different companies in the U.S. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, it, it was a difficult decision. Uh, but uh, but uh, the the factor that uh, made me decide to stay in academia is more of uh, have a little bit of of more freedom to do what I want. And second. Uh, I, I have one of my goals is to to transform the research that we do to startup or to uh, yeah basically to startup uh, and doing that if you are working in company is a little bit more difficult uh, because of one thing in my case I don't like to take risks and usually if you work in company and want to start startup you need to stop working in your company and then spend one year building your startup. That, to some extent, that's what many people do. But in academia, you have you can spend three days a week working on your startup, and that's fine. Uh, uh, as, as, as professor, I, I do have that, that option. Uh, it's, 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 part of even, it's part of my job. Uh, so I can kind of build the startup while being in academia. I, I think that's, that's good, a good option. So I, I feel like what I'm getting, it's a mix between a lifestyle decision of how much responsibilities and control you want to have um, in your job and also a tactical decision, uh, planning long-term on your, your different goals while putting risk and costs uh, in, yeah. in, into equation. Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. I, th I think in all of these decisions, you need to kind of balance both uh, your lifestyle and your professional goals, your family goals, etc. All of these things. Okay, so now time for the question we always end with. What do you miss the most about MIT? I think, uh, first, I miss a lot. <laughs> uh, I miss all of the, like the, the Boston area a lot. Uh, and MIT also a lot, uh, but I think I I miss people a lot. Like that's the most uh, the biggest thing that I miss. Uh, I made a lot of great friends there, and uh, uh, yeah, I miss them a lot. <laughs> okay, Riyad, thank you for joining me for this episode. As always, I learned a lot from your experience in career, immigration, and taking ownership of your destiny. Thank you. Thank you, Amal. It was really a pleasure to talk to you today, and I hope to see you again soon. If you like this episode, make sure to share it with your friends. And for more stories, don't forget to subscribe to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Next episode, Daniela Mamari will tell us her story, a life full of adventure between academia, continuous traveling, and forever 
supporting Lebanon. Stay tuned and thanks for listening.